Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB Pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I am your host today, Sarah Fennell, and my lovely guest, Leanne Jacobs, is here with me. Leanne is the author of Beautiful Money and the founder of Healthy Girl. Leanne retired her corporate career many years ago and has built a multiple, multiple six-figure brand. On the show today, we talk a lot about money. We really dive into this topic about what, what money really is, why so many people struggle to make money, to keep money. And we talk about creating beautiful space and creating boundaries and creating this flow in, in life and allowing that abundance flow to open up for you and how you can do that. We also dive into her book launch, what it takes to write a book, launch a book, and have a marketing campaign to support the launch and the success of a book. So let's get to the show. Okay. Hi, Leanne. Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. Thank you so much for having me. I love this. I'm so excited about our chat today. I am so excited. I have so many questions for you, and I am just wildly obsessed with your book as well, and I want to dive into all of that. You have achieved and are up to so much greatness in your life, but I thought we would dive, you know, before we dive into your book and all that you've accomplished, I would love for you to take us back and give us a little look into how things started for you. Yeah, well, it's funny because I, I love talking about this, but I think, um, as I think the real challenge is as you evolve as a person, your, your, your success model and your financial model also has to evolve. Mm -hmm. So what was how I was trying to keep my path kind of stagnant. Um, and it ended up just no longer working, but I was trying to keep it going. And for me that, you know, like that chat that I'm sure a lot of people that are listening can relate to it. It's like, you want to, especially as women, it's like, you want, you want to lead, you want to do amazing. You want to be above average. You want to look perfect. You want to do everything. Blah, 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 blah. And then eventually you just feel like you're living a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're, I, I think we all have to put on fake smiles sometimes. Like we don't, I don't love doing my accounting, you know, like there's things you got to do. Um, and when my book came out, like I had to do a ton of media and I, I didn't always love it, but sometimes like I, you can put on a nice smile for the camera. Sometimes the challenge is when it becomes a a pattern and a way of life. Like when you feel like you're kind of being shady, like you're smiling, but inside you're really not in alignment. That's when I think you got to take a time out and say, okay, what's going on? Um, because money that's created in a, in a state like that is never sustainable. It will at one point crash and burn. Mm -hmm. So that's my whole like philosophy for mentoring. It's like teaching women, especially, Uh, although there's usually guys that come, but mostly women, it's like this new feminine financial model. And that's what I think we're not taught when we're young girls. And then we try, like, we have this issue of like, I'm never good enough. It's I'm never perfect enough. It's not the right time. I have to be a little bit better before I do it. Um, and that can bite you in the butt of, as you, as you get older and you mature, you're just going to feel like, okay, you know, I'm feeling like my outside world is more important than my inside world. And that's when women, ha- they run into issues through addiction. 
Mm-hmm. And addiction can show up in numerous different forms. Yeah, totally. Yes. I mean, for me, for sure, like, like many women, um, it showed up through food and work mainly. So when I was feeling out of alignment, I would hide in what I was good at, which was work for me. I could bust out more projects and, you know, I didn't have to deal with my stuff. Um, and food, like whenever I really started to like sugar binge, I knew my body was trying to tell me that I was out of alignment, but I wasn't listening. So now I look at it as a gift. Like when I have those moments of like, binging on sugar, usually it's because I'm not being true to myself. And my body is trying to get my attention and say, there's some place in your life where you're out of alignment. And if you won't listen, we're going to shove sugar and food in your mouth (laughs) until you get the message. So it's actually been a gift for me now, but I didn't get that when I was in my twenties, you know? Mm -hmm. I love what you said, going back to when you first started talking there about, you know, we get into entrepreneurship or we start on our journey and we think we know the path that we're going to be on forever. And those of us who are more self-aware and more spiritually involved, we get to a point where we just feel this pull and this, you know, dissatisfaction for perhaps where we started. And there can sometimes be that resistance of knowing you want to evolve and grow forward, but staying in that comfort zone of perhaps where your entrepreneurship or your, where your career started and not really knowing how to move forward. Yeah, for sure. And I've, from my experience, you, I think it takes, uh, for sure a deep commitment to be like, am I just running from something or is it time for me to graduate? So that's sometimes for women, like we tend to have that, well, if things aren't working, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to bolt either Mm -hmm. a relationship or, um, a job. Like that was me. I was like changing jobs every two years. And I had a boss at Johnson and Johnson who was amazing. He's like, have you ever thought that maybe it's because there's a different path for you? And I took it as a carve. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not good at what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, that was my, I'm not good enough being triggered. But he was so right. It's like, I didn't think outside of the box. I wasn't really exposed to entrepreneurship when I was young. So I never in a million years thought entrepreneurship was something I would jump into. Um, but he was right. It's like, you know, I been there, done that. Like I've done five really awesome companies and all fortune 500 companies. And it was just time for a different path for me. And, um, I knew I wasn't running, you know what I mean? Like there's, you know, like, especially in relationships, they're beautiful Mm -hmm. tests for that. But like, you know, when you're trying to avoid a lesson in life and it's just going to keep coming back to haunt you, but also you learn to mature enough to know, you know what? Like, no, I'm not running. It's, this is feels right. And it's, it's time for me to graduate to that next level. And so I think with our money, uh, that's why I think it's like, never about the money. But when you really align with, when you're in alignment and harmony with your true core, you don't have to hustle so much for money. Mm. So let's talk about money. I know this uh, can be uh, a topic of conversation that brings up many emotions in people and usually not the positive ones. So why do you think money has such negative associations with it? Well, I think we're, we're definitely, um, it's passed down. You know, like I do think some beliefs, there's got to be some science to show that they are passed down through DNA because you look at people who have grown up, um, you know, in immigrant families and things like that. It's like fear around money. Like we give so much power to money, but it has so much power over us too, that 
we can, you know, experience so many different things when it comes to money, like, especially even in my own world and my, what my dad experienced when it came to money, like having an abundance of money and then experiencing the opposite, um, by his dad, you know, chasing a dream that ended up not working, uh, and having all these kids that, you know, in a different country that he had to take care of. So I think for me, even though I grew up with, uh, wonderful, um, my parents are excellent money managers and we grew up, you know, well taken care of the fears around money, I think are passed down energetically. Mm-hmm. So even if we didn't grow up in families where we heard we can't afford this, you know, we don't have enough money, you still energetically can feel other people's fears around money. And when you're a kid, if that's your parents or your grandparents, you, it will pass down. So I think it's, it's almost like a healing path, you know, and exploring what are my deep rooted and we don't know them all. Some of them are like stuck in our subconscious, right? But it's trying to get as many as possible into awareness as we can. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And I started, you know, really studying money and especially from that holistic approach. And we'll get into your book in a moment and pulling back those layers of yourself. I mean, I grew up mm-hmm. in that, uh, working class, um, uh, household and my parents were always on a budget. And I remember even going out for dinner. It was every other week on a Thursday night when my parents got paid and yeah. my mom worked for in the banking industry for years. So I was always on a budget and it's interesting, even just this past year, starting to realize she just retired, uh, from the Royal bank of Canada. And I never noticed how much unresponsible, uh, tasks I took around money because she always did everything for me in the banking world. And Mm -hmm. Joe and I opening up some companies together and he was like, yeah, just go to the bank and open up these bank accounts. And it was this massive flood of anxiety that came over me because I had never been into the bank and I had never done things in the bank. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm 32 years old. Why, why is this an issue? And so now it's really starting to take that personal responsibility, which was eye-opening to me. And sometimes we don't even realize the, the the habits that are going on. Totally. And I think too, like our parents come, we all come from a place of, I'm, I, I say, I'm sure we're all going to mess up our kids in some way, <laughs> but we don't mean to. Right. Right. But like our parents want to take care of us and they want us to have everything, mm-hmm. but sometimes they don't empower us enough. Mm-hmm. Right. So we get our goal. The goal really is for us to develop this amazing self-confidence this inner grace, inner confidence as young as possible. Um, and sometimes if too many things have been taken care of for us, we're, we, we feel, comp- we don't feel confident in real life stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really wish there was a course in high school or something growing up that had to do around money management and that, the real life stuff that yes. we need to deal with getting out of, out of school. Totally. And, you know, like you said, like you, you had a financially stable childhood. You didn't have like some, you weren't homeless and, but we do inherit, you know, I think that's why it's important to just know, like I had a huge fear and I don't know where it came from. I have no idea. This is why I think it's passed down energetically Mm -hmm. in your DNA sometimes of losing financial security. So I never, I wasn't, nothing major financially happened to me when I was a kid, but I had this major issue with, if I don't hustle my ass off, my, I'm going to lose my financial foundation. Maybe I won't be able to pay my mortgage. Like it gave me anxiety and I don't know where it came from. But as soon as I got that like big aha, I was like, I look back at my 40 years and I'm like, 
why was I hustling so much all the time, you know? And it was because I had that fear of if I slow down, I, what if I can't take care of myself? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, struggle with that as well, especially, you know, I'm like you, I retired in nine to five. I was a dental hygienist and my parents and those around me said, don't do it. It's mm-hmm. a stable job. And you, you get to a point where you're kind of like, you know, I will do this. I'll, I'll show you. And you kind of have that little bit of drive behind you. But what was that big aha like for you or that shift where you were able to let go of that anxiety or that, that, mm. hustle, that hustle, <laughs> hustle mode? Okay. Well, here's the funny thing is I feel like I got to this beautiful groove. Like mm. I was going to yoga every day, going for a run every day, listening to Wayne Dyer once an hour a day. I had total freedom in my life to travel And I was like, I got this. Like, it's just, I let go. And then I had kids and I like got dumped back into kindergarten. (laughs) Um, And I'm relearning. So I don't know that I'm totally there, but what I am now I feel able to do is like teach single women um, how to do it. And then for moms, it's like teaching moms how to do it because it's two different worlds. Um, the letting go part is really, we think to make more money, we have to learn more. And it's really the opposite is true. We have to let go of our shit so that magic can find us. Yes. Yes. And you dive into that a lot in your book, Beautiful Money. Uh, And this is a four week total wealth makeover. Uh, I have to say, I love the book. I got it on the launch in uh, January of 2016. I was part of your, your online launch for that. And incorporating a lot of the things that you were saying in the book has been a game changer. And I'll get into that. But we taught, you've mentioned a few times about money just being energy. What, Mm -hmm. What does that mean? So, I mean, what I've experienced with money is like, there's a flood of it, right? There's a flow. It's like, it's like electricity. We all have an electric current going through our bodies that wants to like fire us up, but we block the flow of it Mm. through our stuff, um, low vibrating emotions, anger, all kinds of stuff, right? We, or trauma too, uh, grief. So we block that flow of electricity through our bodies. And that's why I'm such a big, super fan of energetic work and chakra healing and things like that. Cause it teaches you how to, to create that healthy flow of energy. Um, and why I'm such a huge, huge, super fan of yoga. Um, but in the, it's the same thing, like money is, is an energy and we're either tapped into the stream of it or we're trying to hustle parallel to that river mm-hmm. and we can't figure out what are we doing wrong? Cause I'm seeing other people in the river, like enjoying abundance, but as hard as you work, you can't seem to, I don't know, anyone listening experience that it's like, I can't seem to get like into the river. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know it's there and people are like what, you know, I, I did some work with Bob Proctor when I first started my journey. And he said, like, when it starts coming, you're going to wonder where it was for all those years. It's like in allowing that happens. And it's almost like a switch goes off instantly. Um, and sometimes it's a little bit of work to get there. And what, you know, for women, especially typically it's because of low self-esteem. So not, it's bigger than, I just don't feel worthy of money. It's, it's, we're not stepping into our full power, um, and we play small. Mm -hmm. And so the whole path around beautiful money is really aligning with your, your greatest power, uh, but coming from grace, not coming from ego. 
because there's been shifts in the world too, right? Like, you know, the old school way of hustling to making money worked awesome. Well, not awesome, but it worked for our parents' generation and before, but it, it doesn't work anymore. You just end up feeling burnt out and bawling your eyes out all the time and you still don't have money. Uh, I hear you there. <laughs> have so, you, <laughs> I've burnt out many times in my business and this is, you make so many great points. I believe everybody just thinks I just need to work harder and harder, but the harder they work, they don't seem to get any further ahead with their money or they make no. money and they can't keep the money. Mm-hmm. So you feel I that think, all comes back uh, around energy and, and how- yeah. And I think it, it, we're living in a different world. And sometimes like I, I tone down how much I talk about this. If I'm talking, you know, <laughs> depends what I'm talking to you, but we can get hooey if you want to get hooey. Yeah. <laughs> like it, we're, we're in a different era energetically mm-hmm. and what, what was working 10 years ago does not work today. And in my personal opinion, I think uh, the more inauthentic we live, uh, the more we're going to get burned when it comes to finances. The world needs us to step into our true grace and authenticity. And that's where the money is. So, um, you know, uh, like, and I experienced it too, when I first started as entrepreneur, it's like people will help you if they get something in return, or if you don't do better than them, there was this like weird, inauthentic energy around helping, especially for women. And I think that now it's like, no, you got to give, 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 even if the person you're helping kicks your butt and does way better than you. Mm -hmm. And that's this, this is where the money lies now. And it's really finding what your gifts are and not feeling like you're not good enough to share them. Um, I was working with one of my friends who's like a a true expert and she still doesn't feel like an expert. And I was like, you know, you were an expert seven years ago. (laughs) You just have what most women have. It's like, I'm not good enough yet. Yes. Right. So it's like you're being selfish right now because tons of women need you and you're hiding because you don't feel good enough yet. Yes. And I feel a lot of people, I mean, we're, uh, those of us who are on the path to help other people, you know, we're always learning, we're always consuming a lot of knowledge. And Joe and I talk a lot about this with our clients. If you're stuck in that consumer uh, mentality and space, you end up not stepping into creation and you end up not mm-hmm. feeling like you're good enough. And you're always looking at the people that are ahead of you. And if you stay, yeah. if you stay there, you'll never step into to your ability to truly help people or even open up that flow. Totally. And that, that, that energy of envy and competition is the fastest way to cut yourself off from the flow of money for sure. Mm -hmm. Which is why sometimes I do take social media breaks because we all have egos (laughs) and if I'm, and I'm competitive with myself. And if I, if I'm having a out of alignment day where like I started my day a little spazzy, um, you know, it's not a day for me to be on social media all day because it's going to feed my ego and I'm going to feel crappy And so I, I just know myself enough to know when maybe going to yoga and going for a walk outside is better for my finances and my well-being than being on social media. Mm -hmm. So it's, you'll feel, and your emotions always tell you, right? Like if you're feeling crappy about yourself and you're on freaking Instagram, looking at all these amazing people who are creating all these huge brands, you're going to feel, you're going to feel it. You're going to be like so much tension and just not good energy. So it's good because it's like, okay, we'll get off social media today. (laughs) Yes. You know, go do something else. So, uh, rituals are something that are really important to me when it comes to like just putting yourself first. I'm not, I'm getting better at asking for help 
Um, you know, my husband's amazing. He can handle four kids and like, he'll send me to a hotel <laughs> so that I can get sleep. He's awesome. That's so great. Um, yeah, like he's so great, but it's, you know, getting out of mom guilt too, for people listening who have kids. It's like, no, the more amazing you are and selfish you are at setting boundaries so that you can be even a higher vibing leader, the more you're going to serve the planet. If you're on empty and you're trying to take care of your family and you're, you know, people like that end up living drama lives that are full of gossip and crap and low vibrating stuff because they're, they're angry because they're empty. They're on empty. I'm talking about energetically. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're trying to function. So they get sucked into this vortex of like, they'll attract drama and they'll attract drama friends and they'll attract drama situations. It's like a total hot mess. And a lot of times they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. It's like it follows them, right? So being on empty is really not serving anybody. So it's we have to get selfish and we have to, you know, especially if we want to lead globally. Um, it take it's a big responsibility. And it means we have to be really authentic and we've got to take really good care of ourselves. Absolutely. Especially as a leader, if you want to grow and the more you grow, the more energy you take on and you need to mm-hmm. learn to protect that energy as mm-hmm. well. I know you're really great at setting boundaries in your own life. Did you find that was hard for you? Totally. It's still hard, but I'm, I still feel like I'm not great at it. But then I look back 10 years ago, I'm like, I'm so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just that I was known for being nice, right? It ended up being a label for me. Like even my bosses were like, even don't stop being nice. Like everyone would tell me how nice I was now. I'm not as nice, you know, but it's not because I don't care. It's just because I, that, that, it caused adrenal fatigue for me to be liked and nice all the time. And, and I had to learn that you don't need everybody to like you. You know, it's not, you're, you're not here to have everybody like you. Mm-hmm. You're here to, you know, fulfill your destiny and be your best self. Yes. I think as women that that's, it's hard to even try to step into that role. We love to be the people yeah. please, pleasers, but I know that's very draining as well. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, being okay with not always fitting into everything and not always being liked, uh, that was a big journey for me. And it took me a long time and I still work on it, but you kind of get to a point where you're so tired of being the nice person Mm -hmm. that you just burn out anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Are you a health and fitness professional who's looking to utilize Instagram to attract new clients into your programs and services? Maybe you have no idea how to show up online and get people excited about your brand. Or perhaps you've had some success in the past, but it's just not working anymore. Here's the deal. Instagram has changed a lot over the years. And as someone myself who relies on social media and organic marketing for my brand, I've really had to pay attention to what's been going on on this platform. Because if I'm showing up on Instagram every day and you're showing up on Instagram every day, we want to ensure that our efforts for building a client list are met. You feel me? Which is why I've created InstaClients. It's a free three-part video series to teach you how to talk to your ideal client so they see you as a coach or trainer for them, my three-step process for getting clients, and the four types of posts that you should be using every single week. This course is to teach you how to convert your following. You don't need more followers if you can't convert the ones you already have, right? So just go to www.insta-clients.com to get in on this awesome strategy plan that you can start implementing right away. I'm so excited to have you in this training. You can grab the link from the show notes as well. Or again, it's insta-clients.com. I want to talk about one of the sections in your book that I absolutely love. And it's one of the first things that I know you have a lot of your clients do. And one of the first steps in the book is decluttering. 
mm-hmm. and the the power of creating more space and more flow. I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, where are you a hoarder, right? We all laugh when we see that show, <laughs> but like we are all hoarders in some way. So I used to have a calendar that was so insane. I actually kept it because I'm like, who functions like that? I had no space in my calendar to achieve greatness. It was too filled with little crap, like coffees, coffee meetings that were like three hours long and phone calls and meetings. And like, that's where I was really leaking energy. So everything takes some of your energy away, whether it's like the stuff and your house, your closet, um, activities, people, everything's taking some of your life force. And sometimes it doesn't cost you any energetic money. Um, but everything takes some of your life force, right? So that's why I'm a little bit of a minimalist. Um, I, when I have clutter around me physically, I feel a bit of anxiety. Um, if my calendar is too busy, I feel a bit of anxiety. So more space for me has equated to more money. Yes. Uh, I can attest to that as well. And I, I, you know, I read your book in the spring and, you know, did some minor decluttering and then Joe and I moved in the very beginning of July and we were living at his old townhouse and we decided to get one of those, you know, those dumpsters that come to your house. And we were like, we're going to chuck everything that we literally don't need. And we, we filled it, we overfilled it, but the sense of relief and the lightness Mm -hmm. that it brought and just starting into a new home with the bare minimum that we needed and the unfolding since that moment has been substantial. And I can't, yeah. And a lot of, and a lot for women, often they'll lose physical weight too, right? Like the energetic weight will densify at one point into physical weight. So why have the stuff around? Yes. And after reading your book and even going through that process of moving, uh, I work with women in a a 12 week program for weight loss. And it's one of the very first things I have them do is start decluttering their life because I have noticed that. And and with my clients as well, it's powerful. Yeah. And I find too, sometimes like the easy stuff is to declutter the physical stuff, but when we need to declutter our beliefs and our unhealthy habits. Um, that's where people sometimes you got to be ready for it too. Right. So starting with the physical stuff is gentle. Mm-hmm. Um, cause if somebody, let's say somebody wants greatness, they want a lot of money, they want to lead, they want this huge brand, but in their head all day long is like, you're not doing good enough. Look at that other person. You, you know, you're, you got to get better. Um, who are you to teach, you know, look at you. If that's going on in their head, they'll never, ever manifest what they want. So their thinking is you, that's where most of the detoxing has to go through, but that's when you realize that you're like, Whoa, my thoughts are completely in the opposite direction of what I wrote that I want. Mm-hmm. So that's where the big work is. And I think for women too, like you got to be ready for it. Cause sometimes it's like, you don't know where to start. You feel, you know, like you don't want to judge yourself, but it's like, I got a bit of work to do because my thinking is toxic. Mm-hmm. And when you start to realize the positive benefits, it almost becomes addicting. You're yeah. Like, what else can I cleanse and what else can I yeah. realign with? Yes. Totally. Love that. Uh, you know, you've had a lot of media exposure and you've been on the Marilyn Dennis show, Fox news, uh, on success magazine. How has the media played a role in, in your, in your career? Um, how has, 
I think it's just getting my message out. It, it creates more leverage for me. So, you know, that's why I think publicity is wonderful. Um, you know, I don't have a desire to have a talk show. Um, I don't, you know, I, I'm probably not going to be a media personality, mm -hmm. but for me, it's like leveraging the media to spread your message is really powerful. Yes. And I think that, you know, it's definitely, especially in today's world, it's, it's such an important piece to, to kind of, you know, like they can get your message around so much faster in an hour or in two minutes of time than you can in 20 years. So it's been really a blessing. Um, and you know, like I've, I, I have great relationships with a lot of media outlets, which is wonderful. Uh, and I think the message is timely, you know, I think creating holistic wealth for me, it, it was the right time. I think before my book came out, the media wasn't totally embracing that topic because they're like, you either are a fitness person or you're a money person. Like, which one are you? But now it's, they're more open to, okay, well, you kind of need both, <laughs> Yes. you know, and one affects the other. So if you have no money, well, you may have a harder time eating organic and getting to yoga class every day. And, you know, like, so you need the money, but also if you, you don't also want to be that person who looks exhausted and is burnt out and totally miserable because you have tons of money, but you don't have your health. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I love that. You know, I think that people can see success or they see people with, with books or high level entrepreneurs and they see people getting on magazines or in TV show and think that it just comes easy. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you stepped out of your comfort zone to, to go about getting the, that opportunity. For sure. Yes. And it's like, you, you have to be okay sometimes with not being great. Like mm -hmm. you have to, like today I was filming a video and uh, my video guru is here right now. And he, like I did a million takes and I'm like, Oh, I'm not getting this today. Like, and he's like, it's, it's kind of like athletes, you know, they look at how much they warm up be, before they go out on the court. Yes. Um, so you have to give yourself permission to not always feel at the top of your game. And I think that's been a huge learning for me, especially as women. I feel like we live in this almost perfectionist mm -hmm. mindset and, you know, a lot of people that I work with, I can see it stop them in their tracks if they don't know how to do something perfectly or they don't feel that it's ready yet. They don't want to even release it to the world Yeah, where just getting yourself out there and learning along the way is really the way you go about it. Totally. A hundred percent. And even yeah. to, like today shooting a video, it's like, I didn't get my hair done. I didn't get my makeup done. Like, and that's hard for when, cause it's like, I'm going to be on camera. It's going to be on YouTube forever. Like I have to look perfect. And my husband's like, no, you actually don't. <laughs> You just have to look like you. And I was like, good point. Mm -hmm. So, but you realize for women how, and I'm pretty low maintenance as a female, I get my hair highlighted and that's it. But even for me, it was like, it was very out of my comfort zone to just be like, okay, I'm not getting any of that done. Um, but it was freeing as well. Mm -hmm. That, that, that I bet it would be a good releasing technique, right? Totally. Yes. Yes. Now, what was the process like of putting together a book and launching a book? Yeah. So for me, I kind of went out, went in blind, which is typically how I do things. Like I just was like, you know, I didn't listen to any people saying, oh, well, you can't get a U.S. book deal. You're Canadian or nobody knows you. You don't have a million Instagram followers. Like I actually didn't even listen to any of that because it probably could have stopped me in my tracks. 
I, um, cre- it took me some time and I had a lot of wonderful help with coming up with what my idea was going to be. And it went first, it was leadership. And cause I'm such a passion, I I'm, my big passion is mentorship and leadership. Um, but it took me probably five different rounds to craft the concept of beautiful money. Um, it really evolved since like the beginning, but I started with just like writing a concept. And then I, um, ran it by some bestselling authors. Like I had Gabby Bernstein look at it and some other people and they, they, they would give me honest feedback. Um, and then when I came up with beautiful money and, uh, I connected with an incredible editor and she is, she was amazing cause she's been in the industry in the U S for so many years. So she was, gave me really honest feedback and we worked on it together. And then when she felt it was ready, we pitched it to, um, publishers. So I've also self-published and I think self-publishing is an awesome way to get your first book out there quickly. It's also more profitable because you definitely, you know, you have more control if you've self-published a book and you can make, you can, you know, you could do a campaign tonight and sell as many books as you want. Um, where a publisher comes in handy is if you want to go global. Um, you have, again, it's the leverage word. I was like, okay, for my message, PR and a traditional publisher is going to be important because my goal is to spread the, the message global. Uh, so that's what you want to think about too, right? Like my first book was called 30 days to wealth. And I was like, this is kind of my practice run Mm -hmm. starting to get my voice, like to really get strong in my own voice. And I felt that self-publishing was good. And I really recommend it for a first book. Mm-hmm. You get your feet wet, you learn about the industry, you learn how to promote a book. And then when you have like this million dollar idea and you have a, you know, you've had some practice, I think getting a publisher is, is really helpful when it comes to getting more leverage. Mm, good. And, you know, I've seen the, a bit of the back end work and I've been part of your Facebook groups yeah. and seeing the, the work that goes into with a book launch. I, I yeah. maybe a lot of people think, Oh, you write a book, you put it on shelves and <laughs> you become famous. For sure. <laughs> they do, they, they are picking, uh, authors more based on, can they promote themselves? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause everybody has a book in them, I think. Um, but publishers do want to know even without, cause they publish, let's say my book came out in January. They probably had a hundred books coming out in January. Well, for sure, the best-selling authors are probably going to get a little more budget than a brand new author. So they want to know that you can promote yourself and that you have somewhat of a tribe. Um, and I didn't put too much pressure on that because I was just like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just doing it anyway. Um, but that's definitely, you know, you're, marketing is, is important and, uh, you want to have a, and this is where you can always find people to help you. You know, you can hire marketing people and PR people and social media people. That's why I think self-publishing is a great way to start because you can kind of learn how to get good at that. Mm -hmm. And then when you have a publisher, it's icing on the cake to have their publicist help you. Like I still hired an external publicist, even though I had a publicist with Penguin, um, just because I thought, you know what, I'm in learning mode and the more people, the better. Mm-hmm. Was the process of that whole book launch a, a massive growth phase for you? Yes, for sure. Because you, you know, like I always deal with, I I'm always working like most women with, well, I'm not ready yet. It's not, I'm not good enough yet. You know, I don't think you ever get to a place where you're like, I am so good enough. (laughs) 
<laughs> I always tend to do things before, like I have to, my body has to catch up. So, um, it was definitely, especially with a baby, like I had a baby and I had three other kids that are like, I had a one, two and a three-year-old. Um, so, you know, that's a lot when your energy is, is fueling little, little babies. Uh, that was, that was a lot for me. And I think it taught me a lot about setting boundaries and sometimes where I've hustled when I should have just been chilling out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you reach burnout at all during that book launch? Um, I reached it temporarily a couple of times. I think I get better at picking myself up and I am very aware of why it's happening. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Whereas before I would burn out, but I was like ignorant about it. Now it still happens. Cause I love, I get excited. Like I have so much creative energy moving through my body all the time. I want to create, 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 um, that I get hyper and then I do a million things and then I get exhausted. Yes. So, and I tend to be holding space for a lot of people in the selected ways that I make money. So I have to take amazing care of myself. And I also have to have personal time where I'm like tuned off. So I I'm learning. I'm definitely not an expert at that, but I'm, I'm getting better. And the book launch really taught me a lot about that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've listened to other interviews. I, I love your podcast as well. And I know you've talked about burnout in the past before. And, you know, I think it is just a process of really getting to understand what you need and those subtle symptoms of burnout what are some mm-hmm. things that pop up for you that make you go, oh, I need to step back? Uh, I typically can tell in my energy, like when I look in the mirror, it's a, I can tell. Mm. Um, I also find I get frustrated and angry. Um, I get anxiety. So for me, that's like a big trigger, like something like I'm not taking enough good, good enough care of myself or I'm doing too much. Um, so my nerve, I feel it in my nerves. I feel it in my entire body. It's like on, um, loudspeaker. Mm. (laughs) So, and I think when people are really connected, like I was a Pilates and yoga teacher and like, I've always been really connected to my body. I think I feel it heightened because of that, which is, can be a detriment, but it can be a big gift too, because I think I can catch it before it really impacts my health. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, with everything that you have going on, and I know you are definitely a high performer, what are some daily habits or rituals that you have in your life that set your days up for success? Um, I don't have major to-do lists. Uh, I do less with more depth. So I may have like two to three intentions that I want to create for the day. Um, I do a detox bath every day to get rid of not high vibing energy. Um, I have a lot of, my husband and I have a lot of connection time together. Like that's really important. Uh, I make sure I go in nature every day. I go to yoga almost every day. I green juice every day. I take supplements every day, like a lot. They, they don't take a lot of time, uh, but they keep me kind of performing at my best. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, these things, they're, as Jim Rohn would say, they're easy to do, but they're also easy not to do. And totally. I think if we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of, of life and business and building, if we don't take care of that self-care, that's when we end up in burnout. And that's when we end up mm-hmm. not performing our best and, and affects our energy levels, which affects our money. And it's just this vicious cycle, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. So what makes your heart sing? 
a connection with people Mm -hmm. and truly like, I mean, I can tell you activities, like I could do yoga all day long and my heart would be singing, um, music. My husband's a musician and I love music. I love nature, um, connection to the earth beneath my feet and to people makes me feel like I'm living in truth. Mm. And the rest of it, like I always feel like business and stuff is like nice to do. You, you want to love it and you want to feel like you're contributing, but if you're not connected and you're just like trying to look good, I mean, I just feel like, like Anthony Robbins is like, that's like failure. You can, you can have all the awards you want, but if you're disconnected and you're just living from ego, like you're failing. Um, so I'm really aware of that. Like if I feel disconnected with myself or with other people, uh, I, I definitely stop and I like, I'm like, okay, there's, this usually happens when I have too much on my plate or I've overcommitted. And how far into entrepreneurship did you really make that connection of getting into that? perhaps hustle, money, money focused and, and step into heart-based and enjoy. Um, I'm a slow learner. (laughs) It probably took me about six years. And, and again, I'm still not perfect. mm -hmm. I bounce back. Um, my tight, my, my male, I have very strong male energy. So if I'm not careful and I don't take amazing care of myself, I will go right back into hustle mode. So it's like a, it's a daily practice. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, it's not like letting that hunger, that, that hunger go when we talk about letting go of hustle, but it's more opening up that flow that you mm-hmm. talk about. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes a good hustle is you want to do it and you want to do some output and you want to like, you know, you just feel you want to get it out of your body. Um, but again, it's when you're doing it, feeling frustrated, angry, and out of alignment that it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot on social media nowadays, people talking about flow and, you know, ease and flow of business. What does that mean to you with still moving things forward in a, I don't want to say controlled manner, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a, a difference between just stepping back and, and hoping that things will happen mm-hmm. and being in a state of flow. So what does flow mean to you? Well, I look at it as a dance, like dancing between action and allowing. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it change, it can change hourly, right? I think it's listening to your body. Um, and I'm a big, I'm a, a student of the Tao Te Ching and there is a, I'm not going to say it exactly how the book does, but, uh, the Tao does nothing, but gets everything done. And my husband is so good at this. It's like, he's a peaceful warrior. Like he does less and it may require a bit more patience, but everything comes together. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's my teacher for that. It's like, whoo, I just lack patience. So I think I got to hustle to make it happen faster. But then at the end of the day, I'm just burnt out and exhausted. (laughs) Oh my God. You sound like Joe and I, (laughs) he's the exact same way. I'm like, I need to know all the pieces and how this is going to line up. And he's just like, it's cool. It's all good. Yeah. And trust him. So I, I, it's almost like I feel my energy. It's like, where are you? Where do you need to just allow? Cause like, if you're always in hustle, awesome stuff will not come to you because like, there's like, again, there's no space, right? Mm -hmm. So I like being in action because it makes me feel like I'm, it's just my natural state sort of, but I have to embrace my yin and my feminine more. 
uh, which is why I resist yin yoga and I resist meditation. Um, I love, I can meditate all day long if I'm at a retreat, but like in my home, if I have a choice between busting out an awesome project and doing meditation, I'll pick the project. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my work is, you know, is always, um, to balance that action and allowing. And I think, again, I think it's a journey, like until we get to that state of enlightenment, I think it's going to change daily. But I think for women, when we're not honoring our yin is when we hustle, when our bodies need a break and we don't listen. And then we, we totally fry out ourselves and our, our nerves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're in 2018 now, what are you most looking forward to this year? So, uh, I am most looking for and most nervous about what I've committed to you, but I am doing a full day mentorship, deep, deep, deep mentorship globally. Uh, so there's 14 stops on the tour and it is a beautiful money masterclass. It's a full day of money magnetics, uh, learning the pillars of beautiful money, how to create boundaries, life force energetics, um, you know, like just all the, the amazing things that are my biggest passions and how they relate to money. Um, so for sure, marketing and branding will be part of that as well, but I'm doing that globally. So I could have just done a day, but no, <laughs> go big um, or go I home. Have to, yeah. It's like go big or go home. So I'm doing this globally and I'm really excited to bring this to different, different parts of the world, mm-hmm. um, for an entire day. So I've always been asked to do retreats and I've always resisted them. Um, but I, I'm like, no, I'm ready for this. And I feel very authentic that it's the right time. So that's what I'm really pumped about. Uh, and lots of travel with my family. Like my kids are going to be coming to the stops and we're going to do it as a family. So mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. Your first stop is local here in Hamilton in on February 10th. Yeah, Exciting. I'm super excited. Yes. Yeah. What so other city? Stop, what, uh, like a ha- 20 minutes from my home, which is amazing. <laughs> what other cities are you going to be hitting up? So we do New York, uh, Montreal, Quebec City, Vegas, LA. Um, we're doing Australia. We're doing London, England, um, uh, Vancouver. I'm sure I've missed a couple, but those yes. are the big ones. I love those it. Those are the big ones. Why did you have resistance around doing this? Um, that's a good question because I think I got a little comfortable with online mentoring mm. and I got a little comfort. I mean, again, I had babies, so it probably wasn't the right time to be doing live events. Yes. Um, but I feel now, you know, like it, I feel people are craving connection and craving live. I love that you said that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you, you know, started your entrepreneurship back when social media was not around mm-hmm. and you, I, there was only live. Do you feel that subtle art of networking and connection has really been lost with how much online stuff there is? Yes, 100%. Yes. Um, and again, like I mentioned, I feel that there's like I'm doing a training. Like I haven't done a training live for a long time. And I just opened my home up to a training and there's like 60 people came out. They're like, yes, I'm coming, like driving two hours. And I was, I, and it, it was just a little reminder that we miss connection live. Mm-hmm. Anyone can get online and, and, and touch a thousand people, but those of us who stay live and, and want that connection with people one-on-one and, and do the events and the retreats, people want the experience. Yeah. They really want to get in front of a live crowd. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. I have one last question for you before we yeah. uh, sign off. And it's a question I ask everyone. 
If you had the opportunity to go back in time and visit your 20-year-old self, what would you want her to know? Enjoy the journey and don't be in such a rush. Mm. I love that. I love that. We're always so much wiser. <laughs> time, aren't we? <laughs> I'm getting better though. My husband's like, well, you know this now, so you can practice it now. Yes. Um, but I still like, I get excited. I, I have this, like I, it's not, it comes from a good place, right? Like I just get spazzy cause I'm excited to do so many things. Um, but I'm just one person and I'm a mom. Like when you're a mom, I think you can still do great things, but if you want to keep that connection, it's like do less, but do it with more depth and more meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you so much, Leanne. Where My can pleasure. we creep you, check you out, your handles? <laughs> My personal website is leannejacobs.com. And uh, for anybody who might be interested in joining me for a one-day detox masterclass, um, you can go to beautifulmoney.com for all the cities and uh, for tickets as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a such a gift. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 